Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Good morning, everybody. How are you all doing? Awesome. Let's begin with prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together today once again as we continue our series in stewardship and especially that of our body and our health. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Excuse me, I didn't get a chance to clear my throat before I came up. Stephen W. Smith, uh, I believe maybe 12 years ago, wrote an article in The Inside Job. And he writes, uh, overextending yourself is stretching your physical, your emotional, your financial, vocational, and relational boundaries to the point of depletion. Have you ever heard of the expression someone says, when the money is running tight? It goes like this. There's too much month left at the end of the money. Think about it. Translation means I've run out of money to pay my bills, and it's still only the middle of the month. Anybody ever felt that stress? Amen. That's what happens when we overextend ourselves. There's much more asked of us than we can give. This overextending causes stress to accumulate, the stress of home, the workplace. During travel, it all piles up like a huge stack of dirty laundry. And stress, as we also know, is deadly to our health. Every doctor and therapist will tell you that unresolved stress will do you in. Stress works itself out through our blood pressure. It attacks our vital organs. Stress releases a toxin that, when built up, leaves its mark inside of us. We live with the tyranny of the urgent that drives us, manipulates us, and sucks passion right out of our marrow and veins. Everyone must be done now. Everything has to be quick. Anybody resonate with this thought? Everything has to be done quick, quick, quick. Health. Health is important, and it's a key component as stewards, as managers of what God has given us. God has given us a body to be able to serve him and as well to just live life. So, We honor God by caring for our bodies. What does it mean to honor? To have great respect. Something's been given to you, you manage it well. You want to honor that person that's been, that's uh, blessed you with the opportunity to carry whatever uh, has been blessed with you. So as a teenager, I think like many parents, when their child gets to the age of 15, 16, and 17, what does that child generally want to do? They want to drive. They want to get their driver's license, right? Oh, moms and dads, did it strike terror when you gave your keys to your child? I know it did for my mom and dad. Uh, (laughs) All all four of us, there's four of us in my family, and actually my brother and my youngest sister, they're probably a little more, uh, they're a little more judicious. But for me especially, I, uh, when I was given the responsibility, of course, it scared me half to death. 
especially on the third day, my mom thought, oh, let's, you know, let's go pick up your dad at the airport. Which airport? LAX, at night. I remember exiting Sepulveda Boulevard, heading north and driving under the runway, you know, that big bridge? And it got more busy and more busy and more traffic. Now, I was on the right side, so it was okay a little bit there. But as we turned and we got onto that on-ramp to go to arrivals and I had to start moving, and especially when you get in the flow of traffic, oh, I wanted to have a panic attack. I literally tried to pull over, but I was like, nope, there's people behind you. And uh, I had to, on the third day of driving ever at night, late at night, uh, I picked my dad up from the airport. One of the scariest moments of my life. But as I slowly got more confident, uh, I started to drive maybe a little faster than I probably should have, um, taking corners a little faster than I should have, probably driving a little too close to other cars in front of me more than I should have. And I got a little complacent at times. And uh, fortunately enough, you know, I've, I've never caused uh, you know, an accident or anything, like a big accident. I may have tapped somebody accidentally in front of me once or twice in my lifetime. No damage. But that was enough to finally you know, jolt me and remind myself, hey, you got to have some responsibilities when you drive. How often do we take responsibility for our own health? It's important that we care and treat our bodies. How do we manage them? Do we manage them well or, or do we try to you know, manage them like we want to go to Six Flags and watch ro ride roller coasters all day long? Ugh, no, thank you. Now, in scripture, Ephesians chapter six, let's go to Ephesians chapter six, verses 19 and 20. I practice what I preach. All right, we all there? Or do I, I still hear some pages flipping? Chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. Wait a minute. All right. Ready? Do you not know that what? Bodies are what? a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you've received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now, if you ever have somebody come over to your house, how do you want your house to be? You want it in order, right? You want to make sure that the, the roof is working. You want the plumbing to be working. And, and if we want the house to function, it has to, be taken, it has to be taken care of well. So obviously, one of the things that we can do is we can honor God by caring for our bodies. We can honor God by getting a lot of great sleep. There's another passage. Just go to Matthew. Matthew 11. Famous verse. Matthew 11, 28, verse 30. 
All right. We all there? Still here, a few pages turning. All right. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for what? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is a beautiful promise that when we come to God, God, we can find rest in God. Uh, Anybody not know what a yoke is? Okay, y'all know what a yoke is? Just for those of you who don't want to raise your hands or acknowledge that you don't know, the yoke is the, the generally in, in biblical times that uh, wooden piece of wood that you stick between, let's say, two oxen, and it helps them to work together. And you also, the, the farmer can, can control uh, the cattle and being able to pull the plow. And, you know, if you have something on your neck or like a chain around your neck, that can feel like a burden, especially if you're being jerked left or right or up or down. And God's desire is that we find rest. So not only we can find rest, but God calls us to rest. God gave us a Sabbath, a day literally that we are able to experience to be able to find rest, come to God, get to know God, spend time with God and our friends and our family, and just an opportunity for us to be able to, (laughs) for 24 hours, not worry about our job and all of the stress that is upon us. God wants us to find rest and to find sleep. Now, they say that you should get how many hours of sleep a day? Eight. Some say seven, some say nine. Let's just average it out to eight. Even for kids, you're probably going to need more, right? Um, But we have this notion that we have to keep getting stuff done. We have to meet these deadlines. And deadlines are important. But it's important that we also make sure we realistically, those of you who've gone through our, our, uh, our small group this last, um, this last week, the last thing that we talked about was what? How to make good decisions, right? Using the SMART acronym, being specific, having it measurable, having action steps, having it especially, the biggest one was being realistic about your expectations of getting it done, also T in a timely matter, right? And so all of these, uh, in in your decision-making, being realistic about your objectives, making sure that you set aside time to be able to get good sleep. So schedule it, be realistic, practical. And maybe if you're having a hard time getting to sleep, what should you do? I'll tell you one thing is you should exercise. That'll help you get to sleep, especially if you get a good time exercising, whether it's 15 minutes or an hour or three hours, you'll definitely sleep better at night. But take time, even before you go to bed, don't look at your phone, just relax. Maybe take a hot shower or a hot bath. And if you're having trouble sleep, not getting to sleep, one thing that I do, I just, I read. That puts me to sleep really quick, especially if it's really boring. The other thing is the one, another way that we can honor God is we can honor God, oh, sorry. We can honor God by eating healthy food, having a healthy diet. And something that we read at the very beginning in, um, in, in 1 Corinthians 10, 31 is, so whatever you eat or whatever you drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory 
of God. Now, the majority of our body, what is it made up of? Water, right? Isn't that amazing? To me, that's awesome. That's cool. But water is so important because it's, it's this necessary key element in your body that it helps to make sure that all of your body functions as a, acts as a, as a building material. It helps to regulate uh, your internal body temperature by sweating or the respiration. It allows the proteins and the carbohydrates to be able to flow through and to use as food so they can be metabolized. They're transported by the water in your bloodstream. But water also assists in flushing out the waste. And also, did you know that water also helps to absorb your brain, spinal cord, and, your, and the fetus if, if, there, if you ever fall? So water is key. They say, you know, so look, I'm not a, I'm not a dietitian, I'm not a nutritionist, so I'm not trying to give, uh, I'm not speaking with any authority, okay? Let's just make that clear. But common sense, drink water. If we're made up of water, we should probably drink water. And then also, having what you eat uh, is important. When we look at scripture, what does scripture say? You're going to give me, you're thinking all of these different things. But in Genesis, God basically says, hey, eat real food eat vegetables, eat fruits, there's grains. And so that was the first diet. And as good as Kraft Mac and cheese is, especially the cheesy, cheesy kind, it's processing, you know, it's really bad for you, okay? Um, God desires that if we want to be healthy, we need to be able to enjoy life, but also make sure that we eat real good food. In fact, there's a, I think there's a quote that I also have said before. Uh, pay the farm, F-A-R-M, F-A-R-M now, or pay the farm, P-H-A-R-M, later. Which one you want? I'm not going to lie. I'd rather pay a little bit more for healthy, real food than I would for the pharmacy or hospital bills or whatever you name it, right? You want to be healthy. Start now. And especially kids, don't, don't, don't take your ability for granted to be able to eat whatever you want now, and it doesn't affect you now, because it will later. <laughs> you can't eat pizza every day, all day, or donuts. If you eat donuts for a month straight, what do you get? Diabetes, <laughs> right? If you, if you eat junk and sugar all the time, God doesn't want us to, to live in pain. God desires that we live a full life. So eat real food. That's all I'm going to say, okay? Eat real food. But we honor our God also by exercising. It's important that we also take care of our bodies, not just from a, a sleep point or a, a food point, but also making sure that we move. And, and it doesn't have to be something like you don't have to run a marathon every day. Simply just go for a walk, even for 15 minutes can improve your health. Maybe you have to start with something small as maybe just walking around the block or walking from one end to the other, but start somewhere. Move your whole body, maybe do burpees or, or squats or Pilates, uh, Peloton, whatever. God desires that we be active. So the biggest thing is to move. 
And especially as we talked about earlier, if you're having trouble sleeping, get a good workout. You'll go to sleep pretty quick. And not just moving physically, but our mind as well. What are we doing to keep our mind active? What are you doing to stimulate your mind? Are you reading? What What are you challenging your mind to do? Now, all three of these things are important because they affect not only our physical health, but our our, our physical health affects our mental, our emotional, and our spiritual health. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you had a really good laugh? Like to the point of, you know, you're, you're doubling over, you want to slap your leg, or you're crying. When was the last time you had a really good laugh? For some, it's been a while, right? I think God wants us to laugh. So find ways, not just ways, but find humor in life, right? When you search for humor, though, it's easy to find, uh, well, just be careful what you search for. <laughs> clean, search for clean humor. Steve Goodlier says, it's true that laughter really is cheap medicine. It's a prescription anyone can afford, and the best of all, you can fill it right now. Health, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual are all connected. And the one thing that I would also caution as well is let's not kid ourselves. When you have conflict, the conflict is never about the surface issue. It's about one's unsaid, untreated, and unhealed wounds. There are many people here, even myself at times, where we have things that have happened in our past that we sometimes perhaps don't want to acknowledge, but it's still there. Part of taking care of yourself is acknowledging and dealing with those unhealed wounds. We all deal with stress and challenging times in different ways, and as time goes on, you know, we can see, you can look around, people carry burdens in their mind that needs to be acknowledged, needs to be dealt with. It's not ordinary sometimes, especially, especially among men, amongst men, to admit that we have a problem. We want to hold on. We push through. We, we power on. But whether it's through a friend or a professional, it's important that we work through our unhealed wounds. And in doing so, you can be what? You can be free. Holding them on will only cause stress and more anxiety. Again, God doesn't want us to live in fear or in worry. You know, Bill McRaven, he says on a podcast that, especially today too, when it comes to anger, everyone gets offended. Everyone gets slighted and they want to hold on to the anger because they don't, they don't want to forgive people for whatever slight that was because their anger, it powers them to be mad and it powers them to fight back and feel like if they let that anger go or if they have to forgive that person, They don't get to be that person that holds power. Frankly, I think that's the wrong way to approach it. People contrive power through anger. And you hold on to anger and stress long enough. Again, we already kind of talked about this earlier. It affects us. It affects our nervous system. People don't want to lose power. But at one point, you're just going to have to say, you know what? Enough is enough. And it's time to move on. Even if that person doesn't seek forgiveness, it is better for you to be able to at least forgive that person so that weight and that burden 
is not on you. And you know what? Sometimes even if somebody has slighted you, they may not have even realized, they may not even realize that they've slighted you. How many times have you had a conversation with somebody when somebody upsets you and when you talk to them, they didn't even realize they did that to you? Sometimes it takes a lot more energy as well. This is a hard thing though. Sometimes it takes a lot more energy to forgive somebody than it is to hold a grudge. Amen? One thing I'll close. I didn't know about this, about um, Ronald Reagan. You know, when he was, uh, when he was, uh, I forget the guy's name who tried to shoot him. His daughter, Patty Davis, left an impression upon, uh, was left with an impression upon the fact that the following day after the assassination attempt, my father said he knew that his physical healing was directly dependent on his ability to forgive his attacker, John Hinckley. By showing me that forgiveness is the key to everything, including physical health and healing, he gave me an example of Christ-like thinking. So my friends, when we look at health, we have to look at the whole picture, not only our physical health, of making sure that we eat right, sleeping, drinking lots of water, but also moving our body and dealing with the internal. When we deal with people who are struggling, we can only see on the exterior, much like an iceberg. How much when you, you know, if you know anything about icebergs, you only see what's above the water is just a small portion, right? And yet when you go underwater, you see it's this huge monstrosity. And what you see when a person expresses is only one thing. They could be expressing that they're very happy and joyful, but deep down they're dealing with strong emotions and deep pain. Or somebody who's a- who, who only is angry is dealing with whatever challenges that they have been experiencing for, for many years. Try not to judge a book by its cover. Get to know one another and love them. And may we be a place that people can find healing holistically, mind, body, and spirit. So may God be with you, love well, and may you be faithful stewards of your bodies. Father in heaven, Lord, today we've come together just to take a few, think about a few thoughts of, Lord, how can we, how can we take care of our bodies? Lord, I, I know it's, it's not easy. And sometimes it requires making changes. And even when we do make changes, we sometimes don't even get to see the results we want to see right away. Lord, we have to realize that this is a lifelong endeavor to having great health. So Lord, help us to even make just small changes, one change maybe once a week or even uh, uh, <clears throat> a, a month. And Lord, may that have a ripple effect on our overall health, that not only we be physically healthy, but mentally, emotionally, may we spiritually thrive. Help us, Lord, to be the people you've called us to be, and may we minister faithfully for you in here in Downey and wherever we live, wherever we work, wherever we play, and wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace, everybody. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.com. God bless.